breaks where a coach was trying to inspire his team to protect the house because the team was struggling a little bit. Now, it wasn't your team, the Miami or the Michigan, that team up north. It, it was the... It, it, it was really the Miami Hurricanes and their coach who really, and the other teams just kind of adopted it. And for those of you who are not really into college football, it simply was his way of motivating his team that says when the good teams come in, when the bad teams come in, when the mediocre teams, when we play them in our stadium, when we play them in our house, we will not give up a yard of turf to the enemy in our house. It's our house. We're going to protect the home field advantage, the home court advantage of our house. We're not going to let anyone defeat us on our house. Listen, we as parents must protect our house. We have, we have to have the mindset that no one or nothing is coming into our house, and no matter what they do, it is not going to beat us or to defeat us. We have to have the fight that says, we have to have the mindset that says nothing is going to defeat me, defeat me in my home. God has given me my children. God has given me my spouse. I am the protector of my home. I will protect my house. And the enemy does not have a place in my house because I stand in God, with God, for God, in the power of God, and I am not relinquishing what God has given me to the devil or the enemy any longer. Can you tell I'm a little passionate about this thing this morning? And the Bible tells us, turn to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. It's not going to come up on the screen. I just want you to follow along with me in your Bibles and, and, and just kind of hang with me for the sake of time says if we're going to take seriously our duty to protect the house, we have to be strong in the Lord. Look at verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Be strong in the Lord. Protect your house. How do you do it? You do it by standing strong in the Lord and His mighty power. It's not our strength, it's not our wisdom, it is the power of Christ within us that helps us to protect the house. It's poured into us like an unlimited power source or an unlimited resource that we can stand and withstand the evil one. And believe me, we are commanded to stand. If you were to read the entirety of the passage, you would find out that we are never to advance in the passage. We are simply to stand. It's an interesting military procedure. For when the, the king came in and he would conquer a land, then to his generals and to his captains, to his lieutenants, to those that he just found favor on, he would give them pieces of land in the kingdom, sometimes small and sometimes great. But the king would give them parcels of land in the kingdom, and the kingdom was already subdued by the authority of the king. They were just to stand there on the land in honor and for in honor of the king for the presence of the king. Do you understand what I just said? The King of kings and Lord of lords, Jesus Christ, has taken the kingdom of God. 
And he has given you and I a piece of land, a home. He has given you and I a parcel of influence, a home, a house. And he tells you and I to stand on that parcel of land, to stand in the land and not let and not give one inch of it back to the devil. Jesus Christ, God gave his son to procure that land, to claim that land, to forgive us of our sins so that we can have life everlasting in Jesus Christ. And you and I don't have to advance because when the battle is already won. But my brothers, we do have to stand because the enemy is still out there. So he tells us to stand in the land that God has given us. The implication in the Greek is that Paul and Pastor Mike, it's in there, you just got to read it, are sick and tired of flim-flammy, hypocritical, weak-kneed, back-spineless, yellow-bellied Christians who keep running from the devil instead of standing and protecting the house that God has told him that he would give us the strength and the power to stand if we would just have the courage and faith to stand in what God has already given us. So we stand. So we stand in the power of his name. Protect the house. He also tells us not only stand. By the way, I, I would love to see a few Christians just look the devil in the eye and say, bring it, baby. Wouldn't you? What in the world did he do to you? Well, he can make me have a bad day. Your boss can make you have a bad day. I'm telling you. Greater is the power of God within you than the power of evil in the devil. Amen? You and I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth us. It's time some of us quit running from this devil and the myth of the devil. He is a defeated enemy. I know he's got some power. I know he can wreak a little havoc. But I'm telling you, under the authority of God, and when you stand in the power of Jesus Christ, when you stand with clothed in the full armor of God, when you hold the shield of faith, when you wield the sword of the Spirit, I'm telling you, he has to turn tail and run, not you turn tail and run. Stand. Moms and dads, stand your ground. You say, well, my, it just causes a lot of fuss when you try to teach your children, blah, blah, blah. you try to have standards and stuff in a home. Yeah, I know. I've been there, done that. What do you do? The cost is too great and the price is too extensive to give ground back that Jesus already claimed in victory. Stand your ground. Stand in the land that God has given you. So you put on the full armor of God. And, and the Bible just kind of tells you what this full armor is. It's the belt of truth. And, and the belt holds all the pieces of the armor together. It's, it, it's, it's kind of because they would have this undergarment. And they would need this belt to tie it all together. And they would take their bottom part of the robe and tuck it in. And they would hang their sword on this thing. It did quite a lot. And it allowed them to get up close for hand-to-hand -hand combat. I'm telling you, when the battle rages, and you got to stand your ground, sometimes it gets messy, sometimes it gets ugly, and you better have the belt of God's truth on. You better be standing not in your opinion, you better not be standing in postmodern thought, 
You better be stating on clearly what thus saith the word of the Lord and stand in his integrity and in the power of his promises and his word. So you have on the belt, then the Bible also says that you're also to have the breastplate of righteousness. By the way, it's Christ's righteousness, not your own. We stand with Christ in Christ because of Christ. The breastplate guards our heart, our lungs, our, our, our vital organs. It just kind of helps us and, and keeps us alive. Listen, stand your ground, protect the vital organs of your home. Protect the intimacy of your home. Protect the spirituality of your home. Protect that spiritual relationship of the home. I'm telling you, stand in the power, the mighty power of God. And then you also not only have the breastplate of righteousness, but you have shoes. Shoes are huge. Ask my wife. Shoes are huge. I'm telling you, before I married my wife, I think I had four pairs of shoes. Old tennis shoes, new tennis shoes. Old casual shoes, new casual shoes. And that was it. I got a whole bunch more now. The shoes is, is really kind of like, like hard leather over the tops of your, your feet and, and almost like shin guards if you've ever had children to play soccer that would go up your legs and then they would have hobnails in them or cleats. And the cleats is so they could dig in the ground. And it wasn't like golf cleats or baseball cleats. It's, it's more like if these uh, football players play on AstroTurf, sometimes they have cleats that are half an inch to, a, to an inch thick, depending on the, the length of the field and the grass or the AstroTurf that they're playing on. And, man, it's just so that they can dig in. So an offensive lineman, when he comes up off the, off the snap, he can hold his ground and not be pushed back by the defensive lineman. You and I are supposed to put on the the shoes of God's peace. That when the enemy is out there, we don't run in a dither. We don't act like we don't know what to do. We don't have this little hissy fit. We have this calm assurance that, yes, we know the devil is out there. Yes, we know the enemy is against us. Yes, we know that the warfare is going on. But we have the peace of God in our heart. And because we have the peace of God, because of the presence of God that gives us the power of God, we have planted our feet in the land that God's given us. We are taking our stand in the land, and we are not giving an inch of it back to the devil anymore. We're standing in peace. And some of you don't have a clue what that peace is. Every time there's a temptation, you have this huge battle. And some of you ought to be on those, should be, be on those huge battle moments and temptations. Stand in the peace. And so you're to put on belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness you're supposed to put on, the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Those are the things you're to put on. But then you come to a third imperative in the text, to stand, to put on, and then you're to take on. These are the things you don't normally wear unless you're engaged in the battle. If you're on the march, if you're on the move, if, if you're assigned to protect, if, if you're called to duty, you would wear the shoes, you would wear the belt, you would wear the breastplate. But when the battle is actually going on, then, man, you grab, you take on these things. The Bible tells us that we're supposed to take on the, uh, the <coughs> shield of faith. The shield of faith is a two-by-four, or a, it's a two-by-four, four-and-a-half shield with with linen just kind of really built into this hardwood and wet leather over it 
so that when the fiery darts of the enemy and the flaming arrows and the enemy, it won't burn it, it won't pierce it, and it's heavy. And it's also designed so that soldier and soldier can stand shoulder to shoulder and lock their shields. Listen, I think it's about time husbands and wives start talking about Jesus in the home again. I think it's time that husbands and wives lock shields again, this shield of faith, because what's going to sustain you at the end of the day is your faith in Jesus Christ, amen. Pick it up, hide behind faith, stand in faith, lock the shields together. And man, if you can't lock them together, learn how to do it. Your wife, gentlemen, is not the enemy. Ladies, your husband is not the son of the devil. They may be your lover, they may be your friend, but they are also your brother and sister in Christ in the kingdom of God. And you ought to be able to lock shields and say together to protect our house. We're standing and we are not backing up anymore. Grab the shield of faith, but you also grab the helmet of salvation. Protects the mind, the head. I, I kind of had to do a little digging on this thing because they kept talking to older authors would talk about aerial attacks. And I kept saying, well, I didn't understand this thing about aerial attacks. You know, there would be like this hot oil that would, you know, be poured down and it would protect it from this. I mean, this thing was heavy. Aerial attack would be from the cavalry, guys riding horses. Picture Lord of the Rings and everybody coming in on their horses and just, you know, and, and that kind of thing. And it would, it would go all the way down through the neck and the throat, down, into the, down past the collarbone with, with steel kind of uh, meshing that would protect the head. Do you know who the prince and the power of the air is? Oh, yeah, we know from the book of Revelation, that's Satan. The Bible says that the helmet of salvation, it will protect our thinking for when we doubt, for when we question, for when we wonder, for when we don't get our head on straight. There's only one way to wear the helmet. You know, ball hats today, you know, you can wear it this way, this way, this way, this way, over this way. You can wear a ball hat a lot of different ways. There's only one way to wear a helmet in Jesus' day. First century Roman culture where Paul was writing about, there's only one way to wear that helmet, and that was to keep your head on straight. Listen, Jesus wants you to keep your head on straight. You've got a job, you've got a duty, you've got an assignment, and that is to protect your house. That you stand in the power of Jesus' name, you stand in his mighty power, you take on or you put on, but you also take on the helmet of salvation. And then you grab the sword of the Spirit. You grab the sword of the Spirit. I know we often think the sword of the Spirit is that long, kind of glistening sword that's like this long, you know. And it's just like this real kind of cool thing. I would really wish, I just wish I had a watermelon up here just bam and bust that thing. The sword that... Paul is talking about, it's a specific word in the Greek, it's 12 to 18 inches long. This sword that Paul's talking about, it's a sword for close combat. It's so you can thrust and pierce and pull back and go at another. 
so you can chop and hack, yes, but it's so you can strike and step back and hold your ground and strike again so you don't have this big long sword to, to, to strike and then you have to pull it all the way through and by that time somebody else has got a sword and your side, it's in and it's out, it's protecting, it's in and out, you're holding up the shield, it's in and it's out, it's in and it's out and it's the word of God. It is the word of God. Listen, if you're going to protect your home, moms, Dads, if you're going to protect your homes, if you're going to have the sword of the Spirit, you've got to know this book. And the sin of our day is that the most familiar Bible verse that anyone can quote is Jesus wept. This book is what protects your house. And the devil is not impressed by the square footage of your home. He's not impressed with the square footage, or the, the square footage of your account, the size of your bank account. He, he's not impressed with anything you got. There is nothing you have that makes him go, ooh. But when you pull out the sword, when you pull out the book, when you stand in Jesus, you stand in the land that he's given you, and you stand behind this book with the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, feet that, have, that are fully entrenched in the peace of God, and you've taken your stand and, and you have on the full armament of God, then the devil says, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. And wouldn't it be great if we were a church that when the devil shows up on Sunday morning, we look at him and he looks at us and he says, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. I'm tired of churches looking at the devil saying, uh-oh, we're in trouble. Listen, Calvary's cross was a once and for all climatic event in the course of human history. And there on the cross, Jesus Christ defeated Satan, death, hell, and the grave. In case you don't know it, you and I are on the winning team. Let's stand in the land that God's given us. Let's stand. And that means dads, lead your families. That means dads. Take your stand. That means grab the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness. That means lead them. I cannot tell you how many ladies have come up to me and said, Pastor, please pray for my husband. I am praying that he will take the spiritual leadership of our home. And the only reason your wife is the spiritual leader of the home is because in her, in your absence. And she's begging you. Lead me. Lead our children. Let's stand together as husband and wife in the family of God. Let's take our stand in the kingdom of God. Listen, we're to love them, we're to protect them, we're to lead them, we're to, we're, we need to make our minds up today that today we're going to put on the full armor of God. And that you and I, men, will be the spiritual leaders of our home and that our wives will stand there with us uniting and hooking up that shield of faith so that two of us stand together stronger than the one of us. But men, men, men.